Do you ever feel small? The world looks big, and you feel insignificant. This is Wednesday, June 21st, and we're in our study on discipleship. I tend to feel small, whether I when I'm at sea, far from land, in the midst of big waves, or when I'm in the middle of an immense crowd, or when I look into the night sky. William Beebe, that was his name, was a biologist, explorer, and author. He also happened to be a personal friend of Theodore Roosevelt, the 26th President of the United States. Beebe liked to visit Roosevelt at his home at Sagamore Hill near Oyster Bay out on Long Island. And Beebe tells of a game they would play. After an evening of talk, they would go out onto the lawn and lie down outside the old house and searched the sky until they found the faint spot of light beyond the lower left corner of the great spare of Pegasus. And one of them would recite, This is the spiral galaxy in, in Andromeda. It is as large as the Milky Way, our galaxy. It is one of a hundred million galaxies. It consists of 100 billion suns, each larger than our own. And then Roosevelt would grin at Beebe and say, Now I think we're small enough. Let's go to bed. As I heard that story the first time, I, I had to chuckle. But this is a helpful attitude check for us today. I think as modern people, we feel pretty big for our britches. We feel larger than life like we have great weight in the world. Yes, we've been learning about the glory of God. And we've also learned that glory is brilliance, it's brightness, it's heaviness and significance. Here's our scripture text for today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 to 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, these are words that the Apostle Paul wrote in his second letter to the church in Corinth. And Corinth was a flashy city. It was a lot like Miami. Wealth seemed always on display. When people come to visit us in Miami, they often remark about the expensive houses and cars. Of course, this is an alternate and even false glory. It tries to signal value and significance, and it catches our attention and awe. But it's also passing away. Now, Paul says that those that are in Christ are being transformed by the glory of God. He retold the story from Israel's history about Moses. After being in the presence of the Lord, Moses would come down from the holy mountain glowing with the reflected radiance of the glory of God. The people had to shield their eyes from the brightness of the reflection of God because Moses looked so bright to them. But Paul says that now in Christ we've been given the Spirit of God. And rather than shielding our eyes from the reflected glory of God, we are being transformed into the Lord's image through that work of the Holy Spirit. 
It is as we behold the face of God in Christ Jesus that God is changing us by his Spirit's power. Now, there are times when I feel I see this, this increasing glory in the lives of our people. I see a glowing, growing reflection of God himself, just as Moses reflected the glory of the Lord. I think of people that I've had the privilege of watching them grow in Christ as their pastor or friend. In them, it's, imp- it's slow but perceptible. This transformation takes place that reveals and confirms the work of the Spirit in their lives. Of course, in it all, this is not something we can do for ourselves. The ever-increasing glory is a gift of God extended and made possible by the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to go back to that scene on Long Island where the naturalist and the president would gaze at the stars to begin to gain the right perspective of themselves. They went away feeling small. In Christ, we come away seeing God and his glory an even greater glory than all of those stars that those men could gaze at in the night sky. We see the amazing glory of God as the Spirit reveals to us more and more of who God is. Now, one of the points that Paul makes here is that our faces are not veiled as we look upon God, as the face of Moses had to be when he came down the mountain to see the people of Israel. I think what he is saying is that in Christ, we can begin to see God for who he is, full of grace and truth, full of glory, walking with him, knowing him, enjoying Jesus is transformational for us. There's an Abignaki Indian legend about the old man of the mountain You could see it for many years at Franconia State Park in New Hampshire. There's a rock outcropping that for many years looked like the face of a man. And the story went like this. One day, the most famous person in the world would come and people would recognize him because of his resemblance to the old stone face on that mountain. And people were constantly on the lookout for this person, the one who looked like that old man. One boy, however, was drawn to the face of the man and each day would go out and stare at the stone face. You see, it was this boy that became the great person that the story had promised. As he stared at the great stone face, his face came to resemble it more and more. You see, we cannot make ourselves into the people God intends us to be, the people we want to be. But as we look on Jesus, as we remain in him, we come to resemble him. With ever-increasing glory, we are transformed to become like him. Let's pray. Father of light, your glory fills the skies. We long to behold your face. Thank you that we can see you in Jesus with unveiled faces. We rejoice in the work of your spirit, what your spirit is doing in us. Help us to trust in your ways and to rejoice that we are yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.